For there were so many things that was outstanding in that meeting to me. One of them was the fine cooperation of all the pastors, that good feeling of welcome. So easy on the platform to work with the people, the sick, there's all in one accord. And then the, the people who was in the audience, how they responded quickly to the, the Spirit as the Holy Spirit would move among them. And I just thought that three little nights was kind of too short for a fine group of people like this. And you're hearty welcome for me to come back and minister with you again. It certainly is a privilege for me to be here tonight. And I'm exceedingly happy for many things that the Lord has did for us since I've seen you last. And soon as maybe the first of the week or maybe before, I wish to take one night to explain something that the Lord has did for us. And we're looking for it to break forth in its fullness during this meeting. Last night, I was invited by the ministerial group and to have a, a banquet, dinner with them at a church here in the city, and we certainly did enjoy a real time of fellowship. Such a splendid time with one accord, one heart, one purpose. One thing, to glorify Jesus Christ. And you're getting together, organizing your, your groups and so forth with this great expectation. Now it's time for God to show his mighty hand. And I'm just as sure as I'm standing on this platform, he'll do that. For he cannot fail. There's only one thing that God cannot do, and that's fail. He's got to be on, this, on the job. He's got to keep every promise. He cannot fail. We're believing it. So now, be in prayer much this through the, the other remaining parts of the service. I think I'm to visit with the Christian businessman also at, at Madeira, I believe, or somewhere down here in um, lower parts of California or farther down the road than this. I don't know the directions and things around here too well. And I, I understood last night, I think, Brother Toy, that I was to visit them with the, one of the breakfasts. And I don't know whether I'm to be at one of these here or not. Here, Right, right here it is. Well, that's fine. And uh, I'm happy for that opportunity. This full gospel Christian businessman has been one of my great supports and uh, taking me in to help fulfill the purpose that I believe the Lord sent me to help do. That was to unite the body of Jesus Christ together. Uh, it's my purpose to do that. That's what's in my heart, to see all of God's children in one accord and with one heart moving on. Then I believe when that takes place, the work will about be over then. It'll, the millennium will set in. The rapture will come. And we're certainly praying and watching, waiting for that time. And as we see the clock tick around, the time clock of God's timepiece, all the prophecies being fulfilled and setting right up before us now for the coming Messiah, 
We are certainly happy people and should be that way. For we're looking forward to the greatest event that ever happened in all human history or ever will, the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, to catch a church to himself and to take her to himself. What a glorious time that will be. There's many great events that's happened in the world, many great things, but nothing like that. And now we notice that even nature itself is calling for that day. Nature is groaning. Everything seems to be out of cater. The sun doesn't shine like it used to. Science tells us that the world is bulged out so many feet in the middle. It's making the ocean uh, more shallow in the center and deeper towards the North Pole and the South Pole. And well, there's just nothing. The stars are not in their orbits as they should be, and everything seems to be out of cater. It's all waiting, groaning for that day of perfection, when our Lord Jesus shall come and perfect everything that's imperfected, and even to the church that's imperfect now will be perfected in the love and power of Christ, even till death itself won't have any power over the church any longer. Those that have died along the road, down through the watches, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, into the seventh watch, died waiting for this. Their death cannot hinder them from enjoying it, because the trump of God shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Oh, what a glorious time we're living in. I've often wondered, what would St. Paul do, or, or Peter, or some of the apostles, if if they could awaken out of their sleep and look upon the earth and see the things that the Holy Spirit spoke to them in the day of their flesh and see it coming to pass, they'd scream day and night from the street corners and everywhere, prepare to meet God. For it's the thing that the church is waiting for. The world, of course, has always been in sin. That's all it knows is sin. And it's just waiting to see who's the next president or some new movie star come on or new television program or something. But we're waiting for the coming of the Lord. They that wait upon him shall renew their strength as we wait. That's a promise God has given us. And we're, we're looking forward to that. Our strength renewed day by day as God will provide for us. Now, each night... The Lord willing, we're going to pray for the sick people. Speak from the Word. Make altar calls. And the sinner that you're that doesn't know God, let me say to you, my sinner friend, you run to the rock just as fast as you can. And you hear that hasn't received the Holy Spirit after you have been saved. Don't leave this building until you have received it. For the promise is to whosoever will let him come. There could be every person in the building tonight can receive the Holy Spirit tonight. No reason why you should not, because it's been on earth for 2,000 years since the day of Pentecost. And it's here tonight to baptize every believer. There's no reason for any person to leave the building sick tonight because the great physician is here Jesus Christ 
No need for anyone to walk out on crutches, be wheeled out in a wheelchair, go out sick, because the great physician is here. The price is paid. Everything's in order. To just something to happen now to speak about what he promised and watch him bring it to pass. Just think, there's not another religion in all the world that can make that statement. Buddha, Muhammad, none of the religions of the world can make any kind of a statement like that. Their founder died, buried, gone on. But our Lord died for our sins at Calvary, and God raised him up the third day. And he's alive among us tonight. The same Jesus performing, doing the works that I do shall you also. His promises are true. Go into all the world, preach the gospel, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. All the miracles that he promised is now happening. Oh, someone might say, a critic, there's no certainty of divine healing. There's no such a thing as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They wouldn't believe it because they're unbelievers. It's just for those who believe. When Jesus came, the Son of God, first into the world, He came to those who was looking to see Him. Many at the gates and many through the city and many through the nation wasn't looking for Him. They heard about it. Just a bunch of fanaticism. Pass it by. But to those who was looking for Him, their heart was full of joy. With Him tonight, and we shall forever be with Him. Our night will be history tomorrow, if tomorrow comes. Our attitudes towards Christ tonight might determine what we'll be in history tomorrow. So let us tonight begin the meeting right by settling ourselves down, laying aside every weight that does the easily beset us, that we might run with patience the race that's set before us. Let's put our hearts, our efforts, and everything that we have into this meeting. Because, you see, all your churches are represented. And we are, we are trying hard, as I said to the ministers last night, not to bring something new, not to try to start a new church, but to build upon the foundation that these men have laid, that was laid by Jesus Christ and the apostles. Bringing in members, bringing the gospel to them through a divine gift to let them... Enjoy the blessings of God. All the privileges that Christ died for is yours. They are your personal property. And we're here to join shoulders with these brethren to help everything we can to make this a, a better community to live in. Harder to do what's wrong and easier to do what's right. That's our purpose here. Now you get right in with us. Pray. Call on the phone. Get the sick out. Bring them in. Encourage them to be patiently now. For we do not want to go at this just like we were just had tonight. We want to go at it to know that we've got until Christ says it's enough. We want to stay here and pray with the sick. And if something happens that flies up, we'll be here to help you. Ministers, you are trained to know what to tell you. We believe we're going to have a great meeting. Do you believe the same? Amen. Now, before we read the Word, let us bow our heads for prayer. Lord, 
We are grateful to you from the depths of our heart for this grand setting again that we can stand here in this beautiful city of the valley called San Jose with all of its surrounding sister cities. And tonight we feel that because of the meeting, this is the hub at the time. There were many churches from out of this city has come and placed their efforts and have worked hard and advertised and getting things ready for the meeting. And God, we've centered together here in one place in one accord, waiting for the moving of the Holy Spirit. He'll come in with great power that it'll be a meeting that will long be remembered. And when the books is closed of earth's actions, and when they are finished and we stand at the judgment bar, may it be said that when this meeting comes to be read off at that great day, that literally hundreds, yes, thousands will raise their hands in joyful tones and it was at that meeting that I found Jesus as my Savior. May then there come a blast from the great millions that will be standing. It was there that my crooked leg was healed and another my blinded eyes were opened. Granted, Lord, may it spread all out through the great wheels of God's economy that every church will have a revival, and the power of the risen Christ shall surge to every church and every member until there will be a revival all up and down these valleys. May it come again like it did years ago, Lord. Bring forth a farmer and a latter rain together, and may your people that's called by your name May they be revived again. Bring us back to old-time Pentecostal meetings, Lord, where the Holy Spirit can have the right of way. May we lay aside all of our learnings and just be simple people led by the Holy Spirit. For we realize that that is the way He leads in the way of simplicity. Grant it, Lord. Speak to your servants. Bless these pastors who have put these efforts forth in setting here before their congregation tonight. And all that is present, Lord, pour a special blessing upon them. May this meeting cause their ministries to be lifted higher. May they be so inspired, Lord, and the young men and women of their churches be inspired to go into the mission fields and hurry the coming of the Lord by taking this gospel to every creature. Grant it, Father, and at that great day when we shall stand in your presence with humble heads, we'll bow and say it was not our efforts, but it was your Spirit that moved among us. Grant it, Lord, for we ask it in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus, our Savior. Amen.
I wish for you tonight that has your Bibles to turn with me to the Gospel of St. Mark, the sixth chapter, for just the portion of the reading of the Word. Trusting that even the reading of the Word will be a great blessing to each one of you. And follow with me as we read. I think one of the great things among Christians today, they don't read the Word enough. I think every home should have the Bible read in it two or three times a day. I remember recently in Italy, even at the table when the sainted old father had his Bible laying on the table before they would even eat, they'd stand with one hand on the table, their left hand, their right hand ready to raise up to God. And the sainted old father would read a post of Scripture and they'd bow their heads and pray, raise up their hands and praise God for the bread that was on the table. Praise God. Oh, the Holy Spirit feast on the Word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. And this is God's Word. Learn to bring your Bibles now and read with us. Saint Mark. 6, and beginning with 45th verse, and straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before unto Bethany, while he sent away the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed into the mountain to pray. And when evening was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea. And he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling, rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them walking on the sea, and would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit, and cried out, for they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and said unto them, Be of a good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased. And they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure in wonder. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their hearts were hardened. And when they had passed over, they came unto the land of Gesset, and drew nigh unto the shore. And when they were come out of the ship straightway, they knew him, and ran through that whole regions around about. And begin to carry about in beds those that were sick. They uh, where he was, and wheresoever he entered into village, our city, our country, they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch, if it were but the border of his garment. And as many as touched him were made whole. 
May the Lord add his blessings to the reading of his word. I suppose it was just about one hour before sunset when the big fisherman with his great huge shoulders began to push the little boat off of the shore out into the the lake. And as he finally made his last groan and shoved the little ship into the water, stepping up and taking his seat by the side of his brother Andrew, picked up the oar and helped to whirl the little ship around. And as they started away from the shore and hearing the people wave goodbye, when he's out from the hearing distance of the multitude, I can just see them look at one another with amazement. Silently sat for a few moments, and it must have been young John that started the conversation, something like this. I can remember when I was just a little boy how my mother used to read the Holy Scriptures to me, and how I would enjoy that story of when God was bringing His people to this blessed land, and it called them by His name, and it separated them from the unbelieving Egyptians and drove them into a wilderness, or rather led them into the wilderness, where there was nothing to eat and no good place for uh, vegetation. But it made them a promise that He would provide for them if they'd only walk in His ways and keep all His commandments. And I can hear him say one of the amazing stories of that journey was this, that after the little children mama said it, said their prayers and it laid down to sleep, that God commissioned his angels, and they went forth all over the sky and took bread and broke it all up and scattered it up on the soft ground. How amazed the little children was the next morning with their parents to rise and go out and look and see what the hand of Jehovah had did. That it sprinkled their daily bread upon the ground. They didn't have to cook it or, or raise the wheat or thrash it, but it was cooked and prepared and laid on the ground for them. And then, turning his young, featured face to his older brethren, and said, Today, we've witnessed something greater. For it didn't happen in the night we've seen with our own two eyes what he did. When he took that little boy's biscuits and fishes and 
broke down and fed 5,000 before our own eyes. I never thought that I would live to see Jehovah God move like He did in years ago. Truly, my brethren, He might have said this, that God will never get any smaller or be any weaker. He'll always be God. How my little heart wondered where God got all that bread. It always amazed me where He got all that bread. And I'm still amazed how He could not only bring bread, but He brought cooked fish and fed 5,000 before our own eyes. Truly, I believe that He is the Son of God. He might have said something like that. And did you notice the amazement of the people? And did you see the look on His face as He raised the bread up to this heavenly Father and blessed it? How talking to God must have made such an expression on His face. We can never doubt no more, the young John might have said. And the big fisherman sitting there, beginning to perspire quite a bit from oaring because the wind had begun to blow. And he turned and he said to John and the rest of them, I can remember too as a boy, my father was a Pharisee, the strict of our religion. And he used to read from me to me out of the Holy Scriptures and say that Moses gave a promise that we'd not always be alone, but the Lord our God would rise up from among us a prophet like him. And this would be the one that would call the hearts of Israel back to God. And when Andrew, my brother sitting here, come told me that he believed this Nazarene carpenter was that one, it was hard for me to believe that it would happen in my day. But when I walked into his presence, and he looked at me for the first time in my life and said, Your name is Simon. And he did not forget my sainted old father, for he said, You are the son of Jonas. Then I knew that must be that prophet that was to come into the world. From that it settled it with me forever. I believe Him with all that's in me. I believe Him. And as the conversation went on, speaking about impressions, it must have been Philip that said, You should have been standing by our brother Nathaniel 
When I heard our master tell him where he was, when I found him under a tree, oh, of course, when I found Brother Nathaniel first, he was kind of critical of what I was speaking of. When I told him we had found Jesus of Nazareth, which was this prophet that Moses said that was to come, he was just a bit critical because I could tell that little snare of a grin he had on his face. As if to say, now, Philip, what kind of a story are you trying to tell me? But when he walked into his presence and he said, Behold an Israelite in whom there's no guile, there was a real change in his looks. And then when he asked him how did he know him, he said before, Philip called you. When you were under the tree, I saw you. Then there was an expression of worship. This little critical grin had left his face. And on his knees he fell before our master and said, Thou art the Son of God, you're the King of Israel. It was a change when we see him do his miracles. And then one of them might have said to John, What about the day that we let him have the boat? And he said, Cast out into the deep, or launch out, where we'd feast all night. And we know there was no fish in that water. Yet he said, let down the net for a drop. And when we enclosed that great bunch of fishes, it was Simon that said, depart from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. How amazing he was. And then one said, maybe it was Bartholomew, who said this, wasn't we all surprised? When we returned from Samaria that day, I noticed a young woman coming up the hill with a sad and wearied look on her face. And when they refused to give us bread, and when we returned back and was amazed to see him speaking to this woman, and she was questioning him about our religion. And when he said to this young woman, Go get your husband and come here. And she said, I have no husband. And he said, That's true. You've had five, and the one you're living with now is not your husband. She said, Sir, I perceive that thou art the prophet. And we know when the Messiah cometh, he'll tell us all things. And our master said, I'm he that speaks to you. What an expression, what a change on the woman's face. When she turned and went into the city to tell the man, come see a man who told me the things that I've done. Isn't this the one that Moses said would come? And did you notice too, that we were so took off our feet 
Now there was none of us asked any questions. Why was he talking to this woman? We just kept still because we were amazed at the power of God working through a man. Oh, it would be a good thing tonight if we Pentecostal people and people of all churches would feel the same way about it. If we would stand in amazement at the working of the Holy Spirit in these days. If it would still just dumbfound us. I believe the trouble of it is that we have seen so much done until it's become a common thing to us. Like a story I heard once said a man was going to the sea to take rest, to see the waves, to smell the brine of the salt. And he met an old sailor. And he said, Where goest thou? He said, To the sea to take rest. I've read of it and I've longed to see it, but I never have seen it. And my heart is thrilled to know that I'm near the sea for just a little while, and I'll be able to see what I've read about, what I've dreamed about, and how relaxing it will be to me. And the old sailor said to the man, I was born on the sea. I've lived on it for many years. And I don't see nothing thrilling and exciting about it. You see, it lived in it so long until it become a common thing. I'm afraid that we people have seen God come down in His power and save the lost and fill with the Holy Ghost those who are seeking and heal the sick until it's become a common thing to us. We fail to get the beautiful uh, expressions of the Holy Spirit when He brings His power among us and we see His beauty, watching Him work, knowing that that's the Savior of our soul. The only real thing that's left in the world that we can hold to. All other foundations shall be destroyed. All other kingdoms shall perish, but this kingdom will last forever. Something happened in our nation to thrill us that they were going to cut the taxes or something like that. We'd be talking it everywhere, but Christ comes and saves a soul and gives them eternal life, and we walk away as if it's a common thing. Heals the sick, and we think it's a common thing. As the conversation went on, it must have been Satan who looked out from behind the clouds and said, I've caught them alone. He's not with them. Now's my time to get even with them. That's the way Satan walks. That's the way he watches. That's the opportunity he waits for. Is to get one time that we go out on what we call a little social fun. 
to play cards or to attend some uh, rally or something that isn't godly. He waits to catch you off a of guard, waits to get to a place where the church has got lukewarm, has got too busy doing something else. That's when he attacks. He's away from them. And now is my opportunity to strike. I'm afraid that that's what's got wrong with our churches. We've had a little breath of prosperity for the past 20 years or more. Plenty of money. And we've went into big building programs. Now, that's all right. And we went into other things, which would be all right. The educations and tightening up the cords of educationals and, and uh, building our seminaries a little more uh, practical and getting men in there who's a little smarter maybe than the old dean and, and a few things like that. Which that might be all right. But we find out we went off without the old-fashioned carrying meetings, the old-fashioned Pentecostal blessings that used to fall among us. And Satan catches you off guard. That's where he wants you. Off guard. And then he begins to blow his poison breath out upon the seas, and it, it turned the seas into a spasm. The breath of Satan, I'll sink him. And the sea was so upset by the poison of his breath until the little boat began to churn back and forth and looked like it all hopes were gone. They were ready to give up and to go to the, their destination. But Christ had not left them, though they had left him. You know, it pays us to take Him everywhere we go. But the good part of it is, even if we don't, He's still watching us. He climbed up the highest hill He could find so He could see all the way across the ocean or the little sea. For He wanted to keep His eyes on them. Whether if any trouble come, that he might be a present help in a time of trouble. For that's his word to do that. The Lord is a present help in a time of trouble. And regardless of what we do, he keeps his promise. And he was watching them. He's seen them toiling at the oars, the wind contrary. But his eyes was watching them. I used to be amazed at a friend of mine, E. Howard Cadle, the McCadle Tabernacle in Indianapolis. He was a famous singer, about like me. He couldn't carry a tune in a tub. But he always tried to sing, his eyes on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. That used to be his favorite. He tried it and tried it, and even on the radio, and everybody would laugh because he didn't have a voice to sing it, but it was in his heart. Maybe over in glory somewhere tonight that he's gone to his eternal destination, 
The eye is still on him. I always wanted to sing. But I can't sing as good as he could. My favorite song is Amazing Grace. Because it is Amazing Grace that saved me. I've often said to my friends, when you get over yonder in your great mansion, and you some morning you walk out on your front porch and listen way down there by the side of the woods somewhere in that little shack, you're going to hear somebody saying, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Say, thank God old brother Branham made it. He's down there. That's him. Can sing Amazing Grace at last. For that's what I believe that it is the amazing grace of God that saved a wretch like me. Brought me into this fellowship with him and with his church and with his people and with the Spirit of God. It's amazing grace. Was that amazing when their troubles were so upset and Satan was trying to blow his breath upon them and sink them in the sea? That here he come walking on the waters, walking right into the ship, a very present help in a time of trouble, ready to help them. But the strange thing was, even in their trouble, they was a scared of him. They thought he was a, a spirit. Or if we might say it today, a spook or something is mystic. They saw him walking and was afraid of him. And it's almost the same thing today. He hasn't left his church. Why, he climbed so high after he resurrected from the grave until he's so high in the heavens till he has to look down to see heaven. He's above every angel, every archangel. And He watches us. He knows our troubles. After those disciples have been sitting there and talking of His miracles, within a half hour, they had forgotten it. They had seen Him working for some year and a half or more and had forgotten His miracles. And when they seen the only thing that would help them, they cried out that it was something spooky. They was afraid to think that it was their Lord. Come to help them, but they was afraid of Him. We've had more time to think it over than they have. For we have read in His book of His miracles and of His promise of what He said He would do and the prophets that prophesied that in this last day He would do these things with all the shadows and signs of His coming. And many look upon it and say, it must be spiritualism. It must be mental telepathy. And they're afraid of the God of heaven after reading in His book and teaching in our seminaries and talking to different ones of His goodness and His mercy and what He did and know that He promised 
do it again. Know that he said, these works that I do shall you do also. A little while and the world will see me no more, yet ye shall see me. For I'll be with you to the end of the world. In this hour that we're now living, and there's trouble on every hand, there's no place to go to. Sickness is crowding so hard against our scientific researches till we have not medicines that will touch to the diseases. And the atomic race, the missile race, the world shaking, the church in the condition that it's in, and Jesus comes walking right up by His promise to us. The same Jesus that walked on the sea that night walks right in out of the Bible into the congregation. You go call me Holy Roller anyhow, but I feel like shouting. Yes, sir. Christ of the Bible, the God of history, walking right into the congregation on His promise of His resurrection. The grave could not hold him. Death could not hold him. Hell could not hold him. There wasn't room to hold him. Broke the bands asunder and walked out. And today, he says, because I live, you live also. I'll be with you even to the end of the world. And the works that I do shall you do also, walking right in on his promise. And the church cries out, Oh, wonder if he's Methodist, wonder if he's Baptist, wonder if he's this. Christ is Christ. He's God of all. He loves you all. Methodist, Baptist, Pentecostals and all. Don't be afraid of him. The only thing to do is do this. Like they did. They begin to talk to him. That's the way to get up. Start talking and say, Lord. I've read that you promised it. I've read that you did it. Is this you? He'll answer back like he did to them. Here would be the words he'd say to you by something like this. Be of a good cheer. It is I, for I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let us pray. Lord, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thou art always Christ, always with your people. We speak of you as they did. Let us not be afraid, but have our hearts open. He'll raise the dust again, and we'll have a body like his own glorious body. Walk into your people's hearts tonight, Lord, by your promises. And may we see your mighty hand moving among us, and we will not be afraid, but we'll raise our hearts to Thee in gratitude and thankfulness and joy and praise the God of heaven who has sent to us salvation through His Son, Jesus Christ. We commit ourselves to Thee, Lord. May the Holy Spirit now take the message that's been preached and sink it into the people's hearts. And may they see that God that walked upon the stormy sea. And when the poison breath of Satan was troubling the waters, Lord, in our great prosperity, 
Satan's blowed his poison breath again. And he said the days of miracles is past. There is no such thing as the Holy Spirit. There is no such thing as the new birth. Lord God, walk in on your promises. And show to your people that you still live and save them from the breath of Satan. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Usually I'd give an altar call at this time. But I'm going to hold that just for a moment. There might be some strangers among us that doesn't know our Lord. That they have never accepted Him as their Savior. They've read books about it and they have read what others have said and so forth. But to really know that He is. Let's see if He'll confirm this sermon tonight. That He still is Jesus. That the story is not a fiction story. That He died and they stole His body away and said He arose from the dead. If that's so, our religion's no more than the Mohammeds or any other. But our Christ lives tonight. And will confirm every word that He said to be the truth. Now, we are not Christ. We are just His servants. Speaking last night, I was speaking on the prophets. That how they got so anointed with the Holy Spirit. That they even spoke as if it was themselves, like David cried, My God, why hast thou forsaken me? It wasn't David. He wasn't forsaken, but it was the Spirit of Christ in him calling out. It was Christ calling out of David. God expressing himself through those prophets. And how was that done? Under the shed blood of a heifer or a lamb. If he could not man under that atonement of the shed blood of lambs and heifers, and could make them speak exactly the truth and express his will, how much more can he do it under the shed blood of his own child, Jesus Christ? Take a sanctified church and wrap it into his spirit until the Holy Spirit takes the meeting in complete control and work out the full will of God. Let us do that tonight, brother and sister, while we worship Him. I am not a divine healer. I'm your brother. I do believe that God keeps His promise. And if God will come tonight and keep those promises to show that He is alive, then that our religion is not something in vain. Now, the reason I believe in this church, the church of the Holy Spirit, is because Jesus ought to know how to set up a church. And Jesus said that the works that he did, the church that believed in him would do the same works. Paul said, if there come one among you and you all speak with tongues and, and uh, no interpretation, said the unbeliever will say you're a man. But if one speaks prophesying and reveals the secret of the heart, then they'll all fall down and say God is with you. The honor of Christ's church. Not religious ceremonies, but the living presence of the resurrected Christ. That's the church of the living God. God living in His church. 
living his life and doing through his church, speaking himself out through his servants, as he did when he was here on earth. We can just let our hearts be so wrapped into him and our spirit so under control that he can move in and take away our own thinking and just do our thinking, confirming his word. Then we'll go away and say, truly, God is with us. Let us pray again. Lord, now the service, the word came because you have written it. And it must be preached in all the world for a witness. And Lord, if this be your word, which we solemnly believe it, you will make good every promise that you promise. And I pray thee tonight, Lord, in behalf of the sinner that's here, that doesn't know you, may he or she tonight Open up their hearts and their troubled condition because there is no rest for the weary, saith God. The sinner is like a troubled sea. He has no rest. The devil's breath is blown on to him every hour of the day. And there's no place for him to go in his sinful condition. But there is one who can speak to the waves and calm and blow back every foul breath of Satan and can make known to this person that the love of God so constrained Jesus till he came to the earth to die to save him or her. May they receive it tonight, Lord. May the sick with one accord believe on you. May the blind see, the deaf hear, the dumb speak, the cripples walk. God be glorified. Bless these ministering brethren sitting here, Lord, who's ministered for years for this very purpose, has beat out the road, laid the cobblestones, and paved it. Now may the Holy Spirit walk down this road confirming that what they have promised the people through the Word, may it be confirmed to us, for we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. We are going this week, if the Lord permitting, I truly am expecting a great change in my ministry right away. Until that comes, it's happened once, until it comes, I'll remain with my regular ministry. But oh, if it will just take place this week, there will be a shaking through this country, I promise you, that you've never dreamed of. And the great ransom church of God will take a move forward. Remember, I say it, thus saith the Lord. If it'll just happen now. When I had the ministry of just taking the person's hands and keeping my mind dormant, to, he spoke. It was at Queen City and Regina, Saskatchewan. One night when a man walked across the platform and the Holy Spirit had promised that he would reveal the secret of the heart. How many knew me when I had my first ministry through the West Coast here? How many of the same ones will raise up your hands and say that you heard me say that the Holy Spirit told me that it would come to pass that if I be sincere, not 
be greedy with money and, and not be so, try to be some big person, but be humble and keep little and low that he'd give to me the gift to know the secret of the heart. How many knows I said that would happen? Now that's happened. Now he promised me, keep humble, and I will do the exceedingly abundantly. And it's right at the making right now. So it might happen any time. We are going tonight to call a prayer line. I believe Billy told me that he'd give out some prayer cards. We will give these out each night until we something happens. Don't miss a night. Stay with it. And if you're not a Christian, be a Christian tonight. If you haven't got the Holy Spirit, receive it tonight so that you can join in with us. You don't have much longer to work. Now, we can't call in these lines of what we call discernment. How many in here doesn't have a prayer card? Let's see your hands and you're sick. You don't have prayer cards, but you're sick. Raise up your hands. Everywhere in the building. All right? You don't need any prayer card. You see, remember in this message tonight, I don't think I got that in. But where the woman touched the border of his garment, actually reached the shore on the other side. She touched his garment, and he turned around and said, Who touched me? And he looked around, and there were, everyone was touching him. But he said, I perceive that I have gotten weak. Virtue, which means strength, has gone from me. And he looked over the audience till he found the little woman and revealed to her her trouble and told her her faith had saved her. Now, that same Jesus is the same one. If the Spirit that's in this Pentecostal move, or this Latter-day move, if it doesn't do the same works that He did, then it's not the Spirit of Christ. If these men and things are just bluffing and saying that's excitement because they get happy and speak with tongues and so forth, if that's just a bluff, that's all it'll be. But if it's the Spirit of Christ, He'll manifest Himself and prove Himself. That he is the Christ of the New Testament. We will not be able to call too many at one time. So, I believe he said he started with prayer card A1 to A50 or 100, I don't remember. But however, let's start with the first card, prayer card number one. If you can stand to your feet, come over on this side. The gentleman there. Number two. If you can stand to your feet. Uh, no, prayer card number two. I believe that was A. A number two, right over here. If it's the lady, number three. Number four. That's right. If you're called by the church or so forth, they are chosen by God. Apostles. Second, prophets. Third, I may not have these lines just right. Third, I think, is teachers and Evangelists and pastors, five spiritual offices in the church to set the church in order. Apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, pastors. Those are called offices by God. Then in the local congregation, there's nine spiritual gifts that work among the people. Now, in these offices and places, in the offices you hear from the apostle, his ministry, you hear from the prophet, his ministry, from the evangelist, from the teacher, from the pastor. Each has a separate ministry. 
and their ministries is of God. God has set them in the church for this purpose. Then God comes down in the form of the Holy Spirit amongst his congregation, speaks with tongues. Another interprets and tells a certain person a thing to do, and it happens that way. Maybe that would be sometime when there was a need. Then there's gifts of wisdom, knowledge, interpretations, all kinds of gifts that goes into the church. But the first way and all of it has to come first by the Word. The Word. Now, if I could heal this line of people or these people out here, I would certainly do it. But I can't. But because the reason I could not is because they are already healed. They have been healed since Jesus died for their healing. Now, the only thing that we can do through these offices is to express Christ to you. That you will see that He's in His Word, keeping His promise. And then, by your own faith, you accept Jesus as your healer and you're healed. That's the way it works. Is that right, brother? I believe every person will give witness to that. These men preaching the gospel... Do you believe that? Accept it? It's just as good as that. That's the best. Or a teacher, a pastor, evangelist, apostle, prophet, whatever it might be, it's all the working of the Holy Spirit among these people. Now, I'm not much of a preacher. I don't have any education. I could not take their place. They are teachers, pastors, and so forth. But the Lord gave me a gift of discernment, a gift of prophecy that more or less has been since I was a little boy, and sent me, instead of having my knowledge of the Bible, that's the reason I don't preach doctrine among you. I may not know enough about it. I know I'm saved. I can tell you how I got saved. Then ask your pastor the rest of it. And I know that He heals, and I know He fills with the Holy Spirit. I witness all those things. And that's what I can truthfully tell you that's the truth. And you get that much, then your pastor will take you from there on. Now, here stands people in this prayer line. As far as I know, there are every one strangers to me. How many in this building that knows that I do not know you or know nothing about you, like your troubles, diseases, or what more? Raise up your hands. All over the building everywhere. Well, I guess it's just about 100%. Well, then I do not know you. Now, what is a miracle? A miracle is something that cannot be figured out. Is that right? It's something we can't figure out. Science can't prove it. So then, if Jesus Christ, who we preached about tonight, and the apostles in the ship talking of what he did, and he promised his church that these signs would go on with the church until he come again, then if he's in his church, and we truly represent his church as a number of denominations, but his church, then he'll perform among us tonight the same as he did then. Is that right? I've never... had him to question any denomination to me. He'll tell them what denomination they're from and so forth, 
but he never says they're wrong or they're right. Did you ever hear it? Never. No. You're a believer. If you're a believer, you are a believer. If you're not a believer, you're just not a believer. So that's what God requests, is whether you are a believer or not. shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be condemned. Now, we're going to bring this prayer line up. I think every one of them raised their hands that they were strangers. Now, if the Holy Spirit will work through these people and you out there that doesn't have your prayer cards or whatever more, and will reveal here, just like about in our sermon tonight, how many will believe Him and accept Him and say that it's truth and go away believing. Let's see your hearts to God. The Lord bless you. Father, now into your hands we commit this service. There's not a man on the face of the earth, Lord. Not none of us could do this. It will be you. So as we have spoken that the prophets of old were so anointed under that atonement that they saw visions. And Jesus said himself, It's not me that doeth the works. It's my Father that dwelleth in me. I do that always which pleases him. Verily I say unto you, I can do nothing in myself. But what I see the Father doing, that doeth the Son likewise. Let it be tonight, Lord, that they will see the works of God manifested through His church. And may we submit ourselves and be so consecrated to you that our spirits will call out and speak the words that you would have us to speak. We ask this for your glory. And may every sinner, every unbeliever, be saved tonight and consecrated to thee because of it. And every sick person healed. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Wherever you want to sit, brethren, you want to come up. Now, I want you to be just as reverent as you can. Sit real quiet. Listen. And just consecrate yourself to God. Now, just remember this. If the Holy Spirit shall come here and perform these things, well, then you want to be ready to receive it. Is that right? Is that your heart? Is that what you want? You want Christ in your life? Then the simple Word teaches us how to do it. Believe it. Accept it. Then it will be. Now, anyone here would know that there is no power in a man that would be able to perform on this man what that I have read about tonight in the Word unless God Himself would come and do it. Now, don't forget the lesson while we're going on. The disciples had forgot, the Bible said, their hearts were hardened and they forgot about the fishes and loaves. Now, if you're in need, don't forget the sermon. Remember, he remains Christ tonight as he was then. Now, in our message tonight, we found the apostle Peter, who we know to be now, which was named Simon, 
called Peter, a little stone by Jesus, met a man, met him, and talked to him and told him of his conditions, told him his name, and so forth, and he believed on him. Is that right? Told the woman at the well her sins, believed on him, and told of the different things that the diseases the people had, and they were made well by their faith. Is that right? Because Jesus told them. And right at last, his disciples finally, their eyes were opened, and they said, Lo, now we believe that you know all things, and now by this we believe that thou art he. Jesus said, Do you now believe? After all that time of walking with him and things, it was withheld. I believe you raised your hand, sir, that we were strangers to each other. Yes, sir, we are. All right, now this man standing here is a stranger to me, and I'm a stranger to him. We've never met in our lives. This is our first time. Only thing, someone, Gene, Leo, Billy, or some of them, give him a prayer card. His number is called, and he's here on the platform. Now, I don't know what he's here for. I have no more idea than a perfect stranger does. I don't know. God does know. We all admit that, that God does know. And then if God will, if I can just surrender myself to God enough to let Him speak to this man through me, it'll be like the same Spirit. It wasn't David when he cried, My God, why hast thou forsaken me? It was Christ crying through David, Why hast thou forsaken me? You understand that? Now, how many in here that's never been in one of the meetings before, would you raise your hands? Never been in the meeting before. Many hands. The Lord bless you. I'm trusting that this will be convincing to you. And if you're here for your first time and have a need of God, do like the woman did. Say, she went through the crowd and touched the border of his garment. Now, you can touch his garment tonight. You believe that? You can touch his garment because he is a high priest right now that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. Is that right? Well, then if he's the high priest, the same high priest, he'd act the same way he did when he was here on earth if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Is that right? He'd act the same way. So you, without the prayer card, look this way and believe with all your heart. Now, sir, just to talk to you, I never met you, do not know you, but the Lord Jesus knows both of us. And we are here for a purpose to try to bring Christ to us together. If I could do anything for you and wouldn't do it, I'd be a cruel man. But if I could do anything and wouldn't do it, I'd be cruel. But if I could, I would. And the only thing that I can do is by a divine gift just submit myself to Him and see what He'll say to you. Then it's His goodness working through me just as His servant that He called me for that purpose. A man is shattered for death. He's got cancer. You know that. 
Cancers in the lungs. That's right. Just a little while, unless God helps, that'll be it. Now, that He is good, by me knowing that, that He has told me that, makes His Word true, doesn't it? It does. Makes His Word true. I want to ask you something. Will you accept Him as your personal Savior now? You're a sinner. And you need Him as your Savior because a heavier darkness than that cancer hangs over you. And I want to get that shadow away from it. You accept Him as your Savior now? As your Savior, raise your hand to Him if you accept Him. You come from Sacramento here. That's right, isn't it? You believe God knows who you are? Yes. Mr. Keith? Go back home now and get well. You're saved from your death and say, God be with you, my You believe on the Lord? Now, don't let that pass you by. Just breathe upon Him. Lord, send to me your goodness. Let me be with you, Lord. Jesus saves and Jesus heals. You believe it? Now, don't let the message in the little boat get away from you now. Don't let your heart get hardened. All right? All right, lady. The, there was a woman who came to our Lord, and he talked to her a little while and found what her troubles was. And if you walked to him tonight, if he was here on earth in a body of flesh, and you walked up to him, and you talked to him a little while, he'd know just your troubles, just as he knows her troubles. And he'd be able to tell you your trouble. But if you are sick, he could not heal you unless you believed it. That would be a sign that he was there. Now, he said a little while and the world won't see me no more. But you'll see me. Now, how will he express it? I'll be with you in you. Now, if I truly represent him by his word, then he'll sanction what I said to be right. Then he'll tell you your troubles. Just use my lips. That's all it is. Not me. It'd have to be him because I don't know you. You are very extremely nervous. And then through the examination shows that you've got a kidney trouble. And you've got trouble with the bladder also. That's true. I see two sick children up here. You're praying for them. You've been praying for them for some time. If Jesus will take my voice and speak the trouble of those children, will you believe him for their healing? One of them is anemia. And the other has something wrong with the eyes. It's had an operation for those eyes. It's up now for another operation for those eyes. Do you believe? Yes. Then go and receive your healing for you and your children. In the name of the Lord Jesus. 
just have faith. Just open your hearts now in worship and believe Him and receive Him. How do you do? You have a, a bowel trouble that's bothering you. And there's something very strange about you. Because I see you another time. It was in my prayer line. And you were shattered to death by leukemia. Yes, right. And God healed you. Amen. Mrs. White. Amen. Thank you. Return home in your bowel trouble and heal. God bless you. God bless you, sister. How do you do? The Lord Jesus is so merciful to us. And we worship Him, and His great Spirit is here. Now there is an older person coming before me from this point. It's her mother. And she's standing here for her mother. And her mother has suffered with uh, uh, crippling... It's arthritis. And besides that, she's had a stroke. And she's unsaved. There's a black spirit over her. And she lives in Tennessee. That's true, and you're standing here for her. Go believe, and she'll be saved in the name of the Lord Jesus. Uh, remember the message. Open your hearts. Receive him in your little ship while you're sailing across life's solemn main. Do you want him in your little boat tonight to settle the troubles? Don't be afraid of him. Just believe Him. How do you do? I really think it's enough they believe right now. <laughs> They're just being healed out there all around. For instance, this woman here, there's some connection with this woman here, sitting there. You were even happy because she was called. That's right. Well, you thought you'd get in some other time, but you don't have to. That ulcer goes from you. Believe the hernia. Believe with all your heart. You can go home and be well. What did she touch? Who did she touch? The high priest. The living Jesus. This sister has been in trouble, deeply in trouble, an operation, death operation, cancer. And it's left you in a, a broke-down condition, like nervous and sleepless, and your eyes bother you, and complications. You're from Florida, a, w a real warm country. Ruth, yes. return back to Florida. Do you believe with all your heart? If thou canst believe. 
Now, do you believe the back trouble left you when you come up on the platform? All right, to go right on off and say, thank the Lord, and believe with all your heart. Be made well. What you beat your hands for? You love him? Then that prostrate trouble has left you, brother. Rise up on your feet and give God praise. Your back and pity troubles left you too, sister. Go on your road rejoicing. Then thank you, Lord. Be well. Oh, now so now you're believing. Now the Holy Spirit. Ladies' trouble, female trouble. Believe with all your heart. Go and be well in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord heals diabetes and makes them well. Do you believe that? Go believe with all your heart and be well in the name of the Lord Jesus. He also heals stomach trouble. Go eat. Be well. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ with all your heart. He also heals heart trouble. Just go on your own and say, thank you, Lord Jesus. He heals that skin disease sitting there for you, too, if you believe it. That big, heavy man sitting there have been praying, his loved one praying for him. You believe it, brother? Raise up your hands and receive him. Go be well. You believe out in the audience? All of you believe? Oh, this is the time. The Holy Spirit... What could happen right now? All right. Here there's a throb coming from the audience from this boy. I don't know you, son. God does know you. You're here for asthmatic cough. That's right. It's true. You come from Arizona here. That's right. Papa and Mama sitting out there. They were disappointed because they didn't get their prayer. They got a prayer card, but it wasn't called. If God can tell me, here, what's the matter with Mama and Papa? Will you go lay your hands on them? They'll get well. Mama's got trouble in her neck. Daddy's got a hernia. Go lay your hands on them. You believe with all your heart? If you believe, stand up on your feet right now. Every one of you. There, you in the prayer line. Right now is the time. Go lay your hands on them, honey, so they'll get well. Lay your hands on one another. Lord Jesus, I pray now, solemnly, reverently, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you'll heal every sick person that's here. Let the power of God that raised up Jesus, that he walked right into our little boat tonight, steal the waves. Drove away the foul breath of Satan that says that he is not the same. He is the same. The same in principle. The same in power. The same in glory. The same in all. The same Jesus. I pray this prayer of faith for this audience for their healing in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now to you that accept your healing, raise up your hands. Now you in the line here, can you accept it like that? Can you accept it on those bases? Right down the line. Raise up your hand. Now, I want every sinner that's not a, in here that hasn't been born to the Spirit of God, come here just a minute and stand here. Let's pray for you just a moment. Every person in here that's not a Christian, would you come forth? 
in the presence of God. Would you come here and surrender your life to our Lord Jesus? I will promise you this. You'll never be any closer to him until you meet him face to face. For this is his spirit. God bless these two men coming now. These others coming here. God bless you as you walk right down here just a moment. Come and hear. Come and believe on the Lord in his presence now. Walk down here now, you that's never accepted Christ, and you want him as your personal Savior. You want an experience. You want to know that you're saved. Come down now. Won't you come? I invite you in the presence of God, by the call of the Holy Spirit that said to me just now, make your altar call now, for there's some that I am calling. If I be his servant, if my spirit be his that's speaking, that it's still his spirit calling to you. Bringing you here. Is there more in here that would like to come at this time? Is there another would like to come and hear while we can offer prayer for you? Is there some here who hasn't been filled with the Holy Spirit that would like to come and stand to this side of me over here just a moment? Thank you. God bless you. Would there be another who would like to receive the Holy Spirit right now? See, come and stand right here. And if you're not a Christian and want to be saved, come stand right here. All right? You who want the Holy Spirit, stand over here by the piano. You who want Christ as your Savior, stand right here. Right up here. This is Stand right here. You're right, brethren. Right here. All right? Was you for salvation for your soul, brother? All right. Stand right here, sir. Right here. That's right. Now, those who are seeking salvation for their soul, come stand right here before me. Those who are seeking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit... Come stand right over here just a moment. Remember, I'm speaking in the name of Jesus Christ, who has confirmed his word. He's here with you. That's the how many believe that the spirit that's in our midst tonight is the spirit that was in Christ Jesus who walked in Galilee, who was received up, and Jesus himself, the body Jesus, the tabernacle of God, is with God on the throne of his right hand. How many believe that? Jesus, the man, is on the right hand, but the Holy Spirit is here in us through his death, sanctifying us, that he might work his will through his church. Do you believe that? Then that's his Holy Spirit doing the same things that he would do if he stood here in person. His grace has sanctified his church and brought us to this. Will you come just one song? Will you, sister, one Song, one verse of a song, almost persuaded. Would you give us a key on that? And I'd like to ask again, will you come now without persuasion? While one verse alone, if you're a sinner, come stand here in front of me. If you're seeking the Holy Ghost, come stand right here. While we sing this verse, will you come now? Almost persuaded. the Holy Spirit did? Come right up and perform this. What more can he do? What more can he persuade? Persuading. Won't you come, sinner friend? Won't you come, you that sought for the Holy Ghost so long? Won't you move out now? Now some soul. God bless you, young lady. Grow, Could you turn him away? 
convenient day, how could you have a more convenient? All thee What if you would find your convenient day and he wouldn't be there? He's here now. Why not this be your convenient time? Now, this is the hour of salvation. This is the time to receive Him. This is the time to be filled with the Holy Ghost while the Holy Ghost is here present. Infallible proof of His Word that He lives. And because He lives, He wants you to live also. Men and women who are standing here now as penitent, Jesus said, He that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. And he said, no man can come to me except my Father draws him first. You see what's happened tonight? The great Father, God of heaven, has, with his august presence, has blessed us and anointed us and showed himself alive among us. And he spoke to you as individuals and brought you out here that you might be saved and believe on him, that he might do for you what nothing else could do, might save you and take you to glory. And you'd live through all eternal ages that is to come. You have eternal life. Blessed is that person who hears the voice of God and heeds to it. And to you here who have received Him as your Savior. And you want to be filled with this power of His presence. That He might speak to you and work to save others. That's what the Holy Ghost is for. It's to work through you for the salvation of others. To edify the church. The promise was to you, Peter said on the day of Pentecost, repent every one of you and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. That's what you've done. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is to you and to your children and to them that's far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The promise is to it. And now, the promise is to you. It must be. Now, I'm going to ask our minister brothers if they'll take themselves right around these penitent people down here, if you will, right from the platform, right down, while the rest of you remains 